Welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to the Daily Grind. Today's podcast is brought to you by BookNotes. BookNotes allows you to learn more from best-selling nonfiction books you can read or listen to in less than 15 minutes. How amazing is that? I am willing to bet that you have a stack of ever-growing books in your house that you just haven't got to yet. Listen, I get it. Me too. I love to read, but I don't always have the hours in the day to sit down, read, and finish a bunch of books. But I have found that the more I consume and learn, the better decisions I tend to make. Using BookNotes this past week has been such a great way to ensure that I not only read, but I learn valuable information that I can use in my life and business. It's great when I'm either walking, driving, or even when I'm working. I find that oftentimes when I read a book even, I miss some of those core ideas and principles that the book was created upon. Whereas using BookNotes allows and ensures that I get all of those golden nuggets out of each book I read or listen to and better understand those core ideas. New books are added every week, which means there's more content than ever and it's never stale. You always get new summaries. And the best part about book notes, everyone, is how affordable it is. The cost to consume 100 books and continuously buy new books is crazy, but with book notes, it's so cheap. You guys have to check this out. It is amazing. I have seen nothing like it. To download the book notes app, all you have to do, everyone, is either go to the show notes section. I would highly suggest you visit the show notes section of this podcast by visiting dailygrindpodcast.com. Or go right now to booknotes.page.link forward slash daily grind. Again, booknotes.page.link forward slash daily grind. Or everyone, again, visit the show notes section of this page by going to dailygrindpodcast.com. Give this a shot, everyone, and download the Book Notes app today. Now, please give a warm welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Kenneth, welcome. How are we doing today? Colin, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Fantastic. Glad you're here. 
Now, delivering positive patient outcomes and great service is at the cornerstone of Kenneth's gastroenterology practice in Plano, Texas. Kenneth and his team strive to exceed their patients' expectations and found that patient satisfaction is highest when patients actively participate in their own healthcare decisions. Kenneth's style of participation is one of education and collaboration. It's important to him that his patients have their questions answered and feel comfortable with his diagnosis-recommended treatment regimen. Inspired by clinical research Kenneth performed on IBS drugs, his practice has a special focus in finding solutions to IBS-related symptoms where pharmaceutical underperform. This focus led to, to the creation of KBS Research in 2012. The goal of KBS is to create innovative natural products for digestive issues. Their first product, Antratil, launched in 2015, which helps relieve the frustrating symptoms of bloating and abdominal discomfort. Kenneth and his family enjoy living in Plano, Texas community, where they are actively involved with local organizations and their children's academic and youth athletic activities. Kenneth, again, welcome to the show. I'm really excited you're here with us today because I myself, like I think a lot of people, suffer from gut issues and abdominal discomfort. So if you don't mind talking to us a little bit more about who you are and then give us some advice as to how to better improve our gut health, so to speak. Absolutely. And thank you so much once again for having me on because your audience, if you're an entrepreneur or you're on the fence with this, it's a very stressful time. And I see a ton of people that come to me. They're successful people. They're CEOs. They're business owners. And they are just a wreck in their digestive system. It's because there's a huge brain-gut connection. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about that today where everybody listening here maybe um, has had some issues at one time or another. And I'm a board-certified gastroenterologist. My whole mission is to bridge the gap between natural solutions and the typical pharmaceutical approach to nat- to uh, medicine. So I'm just trying to make sure that we use science when we're talking about natural stuff, and if we're gonna be talking about drugs, that we look at all the literature with that. Ultimately, in the end, to help people do better. Absolutely, and I love all of that, and I know you had mentioned to me before we got started here, because I'd mentioned to you that I'm having some, some you know, gut issues, so to speak, and you know, a lot of it is stress-related, like you said. So talk to us about maybe some remedies or something that entrepreneurs can do to sort of, you know, help them with their gut issues as they're going through that stressful time. So one thing I do want to uh, talk about before we talk about how to help, I want everybody to know what's actually going on. So 10 years ago, I was doing clinical research for big pharma. And it was at that time that I came across some very fascinating evidence that showed that if bacteria starts to grow where it shouldn't be, then that actually causes IBS symptoms. Mm. So before that, everybody just thought that you were stressed and that's why you had these gut issues. Mm -hmm. Now what we know has happened is if you go through a very stressful period or have an infection or take antibiotics, it shocks your intestines and allows bacteria to start growing. So here we are telling everybody, oh, it's in your head. And now we realize, no, it's not in your head. It's because bacteria is growing where it shouldn't be. So that is the core to everything. Yeah, it's really cool because it's where we were 30 years ago when we thought that stress caused ulcers. And then we realized that, oh, it's caused by a bacteria called Helicobacter bactori. So, I'm sorry, Helicobacter pylori. So now we have this bacteria that causes ulcers and now we have this overgrowth of bacteria uh, causing all of your symptoms. Gotcha. So where does that bacteria generally stem from? 
So we're always taking in bacteria. Every single day you take in tons of bacteria. Yep. Probiotics, fermented foods, and so on. The body does a very good job of trying to get that bacteria to the colon where it all should be living. So essentially, you have gastric acid, you've got bile, and you have pancreatic juice that kills the bacteria that you're taking in. Mm. The body does not want bacteria growing where it shouldn't be. It wants all that bacteria to become part of your microbiome, which is in your colon. Gotcha. So we get bacteria all the time. It's when we have what's called a dysbiosis or a change of the bacteria growing where it shouldn't. That's what's causing all the issues. Okay. And is there something in your diet necessarily? Like is there some things to sort of stay away from or things to incorporate to help you sort of reduce the amount of bacteria? So we do know that bacteria love starch. So anytime that you have lots of sugar, you're going to grow these bacteria. So when somebody does have bacteria growing where they shouldn't, I always tell them, let's try and back off. Let's quit feeding these bacteria. Let's quit giving them this whole buffet of food, hard to digest things, donuts and sugary things like that. And then the other thing that is a little bit surprising is sometimes people can get worse if they take more fermented foods, if they have this problem. So some, most of my patients will come in already on a probiotic, which is, you know, what we talk about is good bacteria, and they're not any better. In fact, they're a little bit worse. You can actually be contributing to the problem by feeding or adding gasoline to the fire, so to speak. So my biggest recommendations are watch the amount of starches you're taking in, number one, and if you're the type of person that gets worse on probiotics or fermented foods, back off for a little bit. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, just asking you a, a selfish question because I'm having gut issues. Where should I go? Should I should I go to my doctor? Should I go to a naturopathic doctor? Like, what should I be looking out for? What should I do? Well, I think the first thing is just to go meet with any type of trained professional. Okay. As a board certified gastroenterologist, I'm trained in dealing only with the gut. So, three years of internal medicine plus three years of just specialty training. And then for the last 15 years, that's all I do is talk gut health. Mm -hmm. But anybody that has some knowledge of it, I'm meeting a lot of great functional medicine doctors. I'm meeting a lot of great nutritionists and dietitians. So I think the first thing you have to do is there's no sense becoming a successful entrepreneur if you're not going to live very long to enjoy it. So (laughs) we always want to make sure that something bad isn't going on. So my suggestion is if you have what I'm going to call an alarm symptom, which would be weight loss, abdominal pain, rectal bleeding, or change in bowel habit. And the other thing that people don't realize is change in stool characteristics. Then you really do need to go get evaluated because there could be something more going on. There's lots of different problems that could be happening. And Um, you know, running a successful business and dying too early because you have, let's say, colon cancer or Crohn's or something is counterintuitive. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about this as we go forward. But what I'm interested in, Kenneth, is I want to kind of take a look back in time, so to speak. You know, what was your first entrepreneurial experience or share with us the story of how you got started doing what you're doing today? Take us to that moment and really what led you there. Sure. So we... Uh, As I had mentioned earlier, I've been doing clinical research for the last 10 years, and it was then that we discovered this whole concept of bacterial overgrowth. So I'm sitting in my office one day, and I'm on a dry erase board, and I'm writing out the equation of methane production. And the reason is, is because the doctors I've been working with in the country, they realized that we had no treatment for methane-producing bacteria because they come in their own own, uh, kingdom, and our modern-day antibiotics don't work on it. So I'm just sitting there going, man, if we could figure this out, this would be huge. And my research manager at the time, Brandy, she came in 
And she comes from a very unique background where she was a policy writer for a senator in Iowa. She goes, huh, that's so funny. Back in the mid-90s, we were trying to put into law some legislation so that farmers would have to put something in the cattle feed to decrease the methane production for the greenhouse effect. And I just looked right over there. It was 10 years ago. I went, holy cow, you're kidding me. This is exactly what we can do here. So you're privy to this information. So we dusted off all this animal research and that she was trying to um, set up for the for the senator in Iowa. And we're like, wow, it's already all been done here. We just have to put the pieces together. And that was the entrepreneurial sort of aha moment where you're like, there it is. This is an idea. How do we take it from idea to conception to a product? So that was my start of the whole process about 10 years ago. That's awesome. And kind of talk us a little bit through about the idea to sort of conception to product. Talk us through that process. What are some of the things, say, you were doing on a daily basis to educate yourself or some of the things you were doing to kind of learn to be that successful entrepreneur that you are today? So, Colin, the first thing I did is I looked at myself. I said, listen, you need to understand what you don't know. And I didn't know a lot. I know a lot about the science. I put all my heart and soul into that. I essentially am a small business owner by being a doctor, but I've never really sat there and said, okay, well, how do we set up a business plan? Like your, like, like your other company, how do we do this? How do we do that? So the first thing I did is, um, I tried to meet with a few CEOs thinking, okay, well, I clearly have to start a company here. And once I started talking, I realized I'm really swimming with sharks. Mm -hmm. These are people that really are trying to find an idea. And I was essentially told, you know, just sell the idea, they'll buy the idea, and they'll move on. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I really want to, I mean, I know more about this than anybody does, let's do this. So I went to my financial advisor, hmm. and I pulled, a, his name is Mike, Mike Logsdon, and I, I made him sign an NDA and everything, because it yeah. was all in my head, and he just laughed. He's like, I'm managing all your money, and you're making me sign a non-disclosure agreement here. And when I told him the idea... He called his wife. He was supposed to go to dinner. He called his wife and they canceled their, unfortunately, they were going with another couple and they canceled plans. And he goes, we got to sit and talk. He goes, you're on to something huge here. So Mike is, uh, you know, know what you don't know. I know that I don't know, or I didn't at the time. I've learned quite a bit since we started the business. But at the time, it's like, look, I need to get somebody I can trust. Yeah. I need to get somebody I know that works hard and can start that. Then the next thing we did is we hired a CEO. I'm smart enough to know I'm stupid, so we uh, hired a CEO, and so now, um, and the CEO had been helping us all along, Charles Scott, and yeah. he was somebody that I trusted. So the key here, I guess, for everybody, all the listeners, as I started the company, I initially went with what I thought was the traditional route, find people who have done it before, mm -hmm. and I felt a little intimidated. They were kind of acting like they were going to sort of run with it. So then I turned to people I trust. I'm like, you're already managing my money. You've already been helping me set this up already. So let's form a company. And then went out and, you know, raised a little capital and started this company. And that's how we have Atron Teal now. That's amazing. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with when they have a big idea like you did, right? They're afraid to go in and, and present it to to people who are who are sharks, so to speak, because they're afraid, listen, I'm going to share with them my idea and they're just going to go ahead and do it because they have the capacity, the money, the wherewithal to go and get it done. So I really think what you did, finding people that you could trust early on, and you know, it seems like you're very self-aware, 
Like you're aware of what you're good at and you surrounded yourself with a team that could help you with say some of your shortcomings or some of the things that you weren't knowledgeable about. hundred percent. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not delusional with myself. I understand yeah. what I'm good at and I'm going to, I'm going to continue to move on that route. And I understand that other people are better at other things. And that's why we, that's why we built our team. Brandy, the person that came up with the idea, she's, um, she got moved over to this company because she's really good at, uh, the customer service aspect, doing the, um, the science behind it. You have to have so much knowledge of science when you're talking to the community after you're selling something to help people. I had another colleague of mine who I really liked, his name's Eric Rieger, and he is an anesthesiologist or a CRNA, and he essentially quit that job to jump over and do this because he realized how many people can be helped with it. That was his motivation. He said, we're going to change lives with this. I can always go back and to my regular job because you know that's always going to be waiting for me, but I have one chance to hop on board a train that may change a lot of lives. That's amazing. And talk to us a little bit about the product, Antrichill. I mean, uh, you know, what are some people who could use it? What is it for exactly? All right. So I, I got it. I'm, I'm so sorry, Colin, but we got to work on the pronunciation of it. And everybody, everybody <laughs> I, does I struggle it with it's, pronunciation and everything. I know. <laughs> if, if you guys want to go, in fact, it was so funny. I just filmed a YouTube commercial on, or I just did a little YouTube video okay. where on, um, if, if you guys want to go to YouTube, you'll see it. Even my own video crew doesn't pronounce it right. So it's not just you. It's everyone around me doesn't pronounce it right. Yeah, it's called Ah Trontil, like Ah, my belly's better. Ah Trontil. For your entrepreneurs out there, why why did you name it like that? And It's very interesting. When you try and trademark something, Mm. big corporations have trademarked so many things that when you're trying to get off the ground – you don't want to be thrown into a lawsuit right away because there's a trademark bully who says that you phonetically or visually look a little bit like it. Yeah. So we really, this was the name ended up becoming a, um, a word lab where all my staff and all my nurses and everybody helped me do it. So it's ah, Trontil. Ah, Trontil. I like it. Ah, my, ah, my belly's better. <laughs> so ah, Trontil, what we did when Brandy first came in and she, talked about decreasing methane, we realized that there is a very old, beautiful tree called Quebracho Colorado in Argentina. And the bark of that tree has a natural defense against fungus and archaeobacter. So that's that archaeobacter is the type of bacteria that our modern day antibiotics don't work on. So we knew immediately that we needed to do something with Quebracho Colorado. And the beauty of it is once we start going into the science, Quebracho is a polyphenol which means it's a molecule that's very good for your naturally occurring bacteria. Mm. What, a, what a wonderful scientific thing where it can get rid of the bad bacteria but actually feed the good bacteria. Yeah. And then the second ingredient that we put in was conquer tree, which has a molecule called ASIN in it. And what that does is that shuts off the enzyme of the bacteria. And then the third ingredient, embalsame, which is peppermint leaf, what that does is that just calms the area down briefly so that the other two ingredients can work. Gotcha. So essentially, we developed a natural product that gets rid of bacteria and feeds your good bacteria. And we did it very scientifically to make sure that these three things work together. That's fantastic. And where can someone go to, say, say purchase it or, or, or learn more about that? You can go to lovemytummy.com. Awesome. Or... Uh, you can go to atrontil.com, uh, but love my tummy is a little easier to spell. Yeah. And um, there's we have a store locator, 
and you can look and we, we're, we're selling um, in many retail locations. So there might be something near you. You can go to Amazon as well. Uh, we're on Amazon. But um, to learn more about it, just go to the website, Love My Tummy, and you can get pretty much everything there. That's fantastic. Now, Kenneth, um, talk to us a little bit about, because you know, we see you now. You're a very successful entrepreneur. I mean, doing what you're doing is amazing. Um, I really can learn a lot from what you're doing. But take us to, say, a moment in time where you had uh, a big personal, you had to overcome something, so to speak, whether it was personal or in business. Take us to that story and, and walk us through that a little bit. The story that jumps to mind right now is about six years ago. I have a son. I have a 12-year-old boy and a 10-year-old girl. Okay. And um, I think they actually just turned 13 and 11 a couple weeks ago. I got to quit saying 12 and 10. So I don't know. 13 and 11-year-old. Um, roughly about six years ago, my son, uh, at six years old, entered his first tennis tournament. Okay. Uh, really cute. He enjoys tennis. We go to it, and my web guy calls me up and says – Hey, unfortunately, somebody put a bad online review for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said it was a patient that said that I was supposed to be a specialist in irritable bowel. And they had a experience where I was just like every other doctor. And I told them the similar things. So it's an online bad review. And it kind of gets in your head, of course. And so I'm sitting there. And then as, I'm, as my son ended up getting second place at the tennis tournament, we're driving home and he goes, you know, Poppy, um, my wife's Puerto Rican, so he calls me Poppy. Yeah, he goes, yeah. uh, Poppy, do you not like tennis? I said, no, buddy, I totally love tennis. I'm so proud of you for getting second place. He goes, well, you're on your phone the whole time. Mm. Mm, exactly. I went, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so proud of you. But the problem is, is that somebody kind of said that I'm not a very good doctor. And that's something that bothers me because I pride myself in that. Yeah. And then he goes, really simply. You don't think like other doctors. Why don't you just do what you've been trying to figure out? Which means he knew that I was trying to figure out the atrontial ingredients. Yeah. He goes, you don't think like anybody else. So don't be like everybody else. And then real simply, he just goes, and why don't you have the patients that like you go online and say how much they like you? I went, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So in that moment, I just completely changed my frame of mind. I went, that was the driving force to go all in. Yeah. Because... I have the ability to help people and I, I will think differently than other doctors. And then when he said that to me, just so bluntly, you know, six years old and now we're six years later, I went and I watched him win the U S hard court national championships as a 12 year old, as a national champion. I didn't look at my phone once wow. because I am doing other things and I'm, I'm using, I'm using the ideas that I had to start the business to make my life much better now so I can be confident and just be present and in the moment for those special events like him winning that. That's a great story. And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's an important message to get across because I think that, you know, people do, they focus on, say they get a bad review and, you know, they're so focused on it and they forget what's really important in life. And, you know, just being able to, you know, have, have your son just be able to simply say, you don't think like other doctors, why don't you just put on good reviews it's such a simple thing, but I think people miss the boat on that and they get caught up on it. So, you know, I do have to ask you, it seems like you're a big tennis family. <laughs> we're, we're a huge tennis family. In fact, uh, both kids right now are driving back from a tournament that my son won and my daughter won the back draw. Yeah, it's a... Um, That's awesome. 
I I essentially work so that uh, so that they can play tennis. You know, we're going to um, I think it's Chicago for Thanksgiving because it's the indoor national championships, and wow. we love it. You know, it's one of those things where I'm very very fortunate, and um, you know, my wife has seen me wake up very early, come home very late. There's lots of meetings, there's whatever, but eventually the you know the company's already cash flow positive. We're already doing really well. You know, eventually we. I'm doing it because of that, because I want yeah. more time. And that's what I think every entrepreneur ultimately wants. Once you start developing the life that you want, you want to be able to experience it. So, and spending time with family and doing things that you all enjoy doing together is pretty cool. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, we're a tennis family. We're a big athletic family. My parents and, you know, grandparents, they had tennis courts. And it's oh, just awesome. something that we, we love it. Um, we still, I don't play it as much as I used to. Um, I used to be into golf a little bit more, but I love tennis. We're a huge tennis family. So it's always nice to meet other tennis families. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, something that's really cool. I was just thinking about this as my family has seen me do this. My son was doing some project in class where he had to do a shark tank style presentation, come up with an idea, basically make an invention and then pitch it. Yeah. He did it all on his own and he did such a good job of it. I just realized, oh my gosh, this is what we've talked about for the last 10 years. Every day I come home, I'm like, do you guys like this color or this color? Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, seven and eight years old deciding on the packaging, helping us, you know, everybody was involved. Absolutely. That's so fantastic. I always find that athletes make great entrepreneurs, right? Because they have that focus and mindset and discipline to do it, which is a very sure. important aspect. For sure. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool. So, Absolutely. Now, Kenneth, let's talk about, say, who's been the biggest influence on you? If there's been one person, now this could be something where you just, you know, on a daily basis, you like to learn, but has there been one person and, you know, why did they have such a great impact on you? That's a great question. I would say that I have one person that had a, a real shift in my whole momentum. Okay. I had a, um, I grew up with a friend who actually ended up playing football for the San Francisco 49ers for 12 years. His name wow. is Junior Bryant. Okay. Uh, Junior, unfortunately, in eighth grade summer, I get a call from him and a water heater exploded. Hmm. And he got third degree burns over his body, him and his mother. Wow. And the hospital, he recovered a little bit quicker than his mom. He was in the hospital for months and the hospital called and uh, basically said he needs a place to go and his, uh, you know, his mother's here. So he came and lived with me for a year. I didn't even, I didn't even ask my parents. I just said, this is, this is what's going to happen. One of my friends got hurt and we're going to take care of him. So that was my initial exposure to medicine. Yeah. And then one night at like 7:30 at night, doorbell rings and it was a guy named Leonard Woods who was a physical therapist in my city, in Omaha, Nebraska at the time. And he goes, I hear that a young man, you're helping out a young man that got burned real bad. It was like, well, I'm a physical therapist and I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to help out. Yeah. So cool, it's so nice. Well, that guy ended up becoming sort of a, a, we hung out forever. He was just such a great guy to do that, that I ended up wanting to be a physical therapist, as you can imagine, because yeah. this guy I admired so much, he showed up. And so I was doing an internship with him and he pulls me aside and he goes, you're not going to be happy being a physical therapist. He goes, I know that you want to do this because of our, our relationship. He goes, you're going to do more. He goes, you need to go out and be a doctor and figure something out. Uh, because I was always asking questions. And he goes, you're going to figure something out that other people are going to need to hear. So it was that moment where I was basically being rejected by this guy in his field 
And he's telling me to do something different. That was such a powerful thing because sure. most of us want other people to do things that they're doing. So I spent the next year with him and he goes, you're going to go on. And so I got into medical school and I, uh, I was going to go to medical school and we knew that I was going to do that. And he goes, okay, while you're with me, learn these techniques. He was really good at giving all of himself to somebody for five minutes. They felt like they had 20. In medicine now, it's very hard to make your patients feel like they're having enough time with you. And one of the things that he was really good at was just being present. And so I would say that that guy, for a couple reasons, number one, showed up with so much empathy to a random house in the middle of the, or not middle of the night, but in the evening to yeah. say, I heard that you have a young man that needs my help. I'll help him. Number two, um, telling me that I should do something else and then still having the teacher in him to show me his gifts and say, carry this forward to wherever you go. So absolutely. I think those are two powerful messages there. And he sounds like an absolutely amazing guy. I mean, like you had said, not many people when they're doing something will discourage you from doing what they're doing. But obviously he saw that you had a different path and he was able to you know, let you know that this wasn't for you and you have to go do something else. And I think that that's a, a really inspiring and great story there. Yeah, that's a, so when you think you never know when that one person's going to change the course of your life. So listen to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Kenneth, what motivates you? What motivates you to get up every day and to keep grinding every single day? <laughs> this is going to sound like a cliche. Uh, <laughs> Colin, it's, it, it's the weirdest thing. It's curiosity. Hmm. Somebody will say something. I'll go, is that right? And then I'll go and I'll start looking. Then you go down a rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you're going, no, this is here. The thought I guess the thing that motivates me the most is I have an obligation to try and bridge this gap that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The only way to do it is to question everything that you think you know. Double check. And then you start looking back. And you're like, wow. Then you meet somebody like a, like a podcaster. Yeah. Go on somebody's podcast. And they get you to start thinking about things. You're like, holy cow. Uh, or you meet somebody, you're, you know, a researcher. And they're doing research on something that that really is, is different. So the motivation here is curiosity. There's so much that we're going to change in medicine and I want to be the person at the forefront of it all and changing people's lives. So yeah, and it sounds, curiosity. Yeah. It sounds to me like that curiosity is, is you're not someone who's necessarily sure or about anything. Like you're open to hear the other side. If you, if someone, <laughs> if someone presents you with maybe something a little different, it doesn't sound like you're one person to shut it down. Like you're going to, you're going to look into it more and see if it's something that can help you and what you're doing. Let me tell you a really quick story about why, kind of why I started to just be like, wow, there's just other people out there. Yeah. I heard, um, when I first started being a gastroenterologist, um, I was having some severe, like right trap pain, like severe, okay. debilitating. And I went to orthopedist and they got an MRI and I got some injections done and I was just miserable. One of my patients told me about a chiropractor in town, a guy named Ron Tribendis. And they said, you know, he's a real good guy. You should go see him. And I'm like, chiropractor? Really? I don't know. There's kind of a weird MD chiropractor thing. Yeah. Well, I went to go see him, and um, first thing he does is goes, okay, well, show me what you do. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what's the posture that you're in at work? I'm like, well, nobody's ever done that. And I got into it, and I, he realized that I had this, this posture that I hold. And he's like, oh, I know what it is. Lay down. 
And then he just did this act of release. And I had like three years of pain just went away. And I went, okay, I'm not going to have an open mind towards everything because yeah. I was kind of shunning the chiropractor. And then I've sent so many people to him and he's been my doctor for years and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you, you just go, oh, yeah, I probably should have done this three years ago. And I was my my ego and my arrogance didn't decide to look at that alternative side of medicine. Now I'm way open to it. Obviously I'm just, yeah. I just embrace it all. And I was just at uh, Dr. Dan Pompa's conference on ketosis and fasting. I gave a lecture there and you know, they're all functional medicine people, either they're chiropractors or internists or whatever. And like-minded people, I just walk away from that going, Oh my gosh, I got to go learn so much more because each one of those is an expert in something like fasting. Like I need to go learn about that now. Absolutely. It's a, that, I love that story. I think that's such a, an interesting story there. And one of the last things that I always ask everyone is if you could go back in time, Kenneth, say go back in time, you can choose the age, but if you could go back in time and offer yourself one piece of advice, what would that be and why? I would say that I have, um, I've grown up with a little bit of anxiety and I think that a certain amount of that anxiety brings that self-doubt that makes me better. Mm. I would tell myself to harness it in a more positive way. Yes, fear failure, but use it because you know that you're going to succeed. I think for anybody that goes into medicine, you know, it's hard to get into med school. It's all this stuff. You're around a bunch of smart people. You always doubt yourself. But to realize that I could use that, that anxiety and make it a positive feeling is what I would try and do because that's what's happening now. Yeah. As I have this company, I'm still anxious, but it's all awesome because you're like, man, let's hope this, this campaign works. Holy cow. Did you see that? I think we can figure out this aspect. And now it's, I've been able to use this anxiety in a very positive way where when I was in my teenage years, I think they got the better of me and I doubted myself. Yeah, I think that's such a, a great message that a lot of people should take with them today. Now, lastly, what is the best way for our audience can, to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, just become more healthy? Like, how can I connect with you? <laughs> we, yeah, we can do it a lot of different ways. I think one of the ways we, um, we're recently becoming a little more active on Instagram. So KBMD awesome. Health. Um, we're having some fun showing some different stories and trying to do basically show that we're we're real so kbmd health or go to kennethbrownmd.com or facebook as well but um i think that i would really like to start getting my uh, instagram community up a little bit and we can start answering questions and doing things like that absolutely so i will share all those links go follow kenneth at on instagram uh for some great content there and uh check out entre teal Entretil, is that right? Entretil. Entretil. It's a little French, you know that, right? It's a little French. It is, name. it is. <laughs> Go to the YouTube channel. I think you'll like the video that we put up there where I'm basically making fun of myself for choosing such a weird name. Awesome, I love it. I'm, I'll share that too. I'll make sure to get that link from you. But as cool. you can see, everyone, again, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, health and curiosity. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. We had the chance to talk to Dr. Kenneth Brown today. Kenneth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Colin, I love it. I love everything that you're doing. Good luck. And I hope that maybe some of your listeners can get something out of this. Absolutely. Thank you very much. 
And if you like today's episode, everyone, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment and share it with your friends. We're going to be back December 27th. So we're taking Christmas and Boxing Day off, but we'll be back December 27th, back to five days a week. So Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to everyone. Enjoy your Christmas. Until next time, everyone, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Lower the lights down, hand over my crown, hand over my heart. I do this for my town, I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me this.